Welcome to the Cult Classic Podcast. We are not experts. We are not critics. We're just three friends that like watching movies and talking about them. So if you're looking for a movie club or just like talking about movies after watching them, you've come to the right place. Cameron Jones here with my co-host. Mark Nussel. Jordan Jones. And uh, we're doing something a little different today. Uh, we, this, this podcast has evolved since we've gone on and we've kind of found a comfortable format. And one of the first movies we did was the 1989 film, The Burbs, with Tom Hanks. So... If it's okay with you guys, do you guys want to redo the burbs? I'm okay with that. Are you asking me or the audience? Oh, oh yeah. I don't give a <laughs> shit what the audience has <laughs> answered. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, well, we're going to dive right back into the 1989 film, The, the Burbs. The Burbs is the story of a paranoid group of neighbors who believe that their neighbors, the Klopeks, are murderers. He's a stranger in an even stranger land, suburbia. <laughs> this movie is a perfect example of why you don't get involved. If Ray would have just minded his own business, he would have had a fine vacation. This is a perfect example why you don't say hi to your neighbors. <laughs> From the guy who brought you Gremlins, Small Soldiers, Inner Space, Joe Dante, starring Tom Hanks, Bruce Dern. You've got a horse in the basement? Rick Ducommon. Oh, yeah, that's, that, that, that's my note. Carrie Fisher. Corey Feldman. Hey, the pizza dude. Henry Gibson. Theodore Gottlieb. All Ray Peterson wanted was a little time at home on his vacation, but what he got was a big surprise from his neighbors, the Klopex. The Birds. Alrighty, cast and crew. Um, director Joe Dante. He also did Gremlins. Uh, go back and see our Gremlins episode. Inner Space. I actually haven't seen Inner Space. It's come up before, but possibly just on the first version of this podcast. It's not a great movie, but I do like it. It was a weird childhood classic for me and our family. For Maybe me, family. my childhood classic was Small Soldiers. He also did Small Soldiers. Nice. Love Small Soldiers. Great movie. Also, weirdly, one of those uh, like movie games I played on PlayStation 1 that I got really into. Oh, yeah. Uh, Joe Dante is uh, famous for horror movies, though, so therefore there is kind of like a cult class or cult following of his movies. I'd say B, like B horror movies, yeah. Pariah, The Howling. We have Tom Hanks plays Ray Peterson. You you should know who Tom Hanks is. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite Tom Hanks? Roll quickly. Uh, I can't think of anything. To, uh, Saving Private Ryan. Poor Scum. Um, Saving Private Ryan is maybe my favorite movie of his. Yeah, but we f- just did a League of Their Own, and Drunk Jimmy Dugan is. <laughs> yeah, catch true. me if you can. That one's up there. Ooh, actually, yeah, Catch me if you can. Maybe. Uh, catch me if you can was a big change in um, Tom Hanks' acting career. He's like, I'm just gonna do a Boston accent. Oh, there's cast. Oh, there's so much. There's so much. You can't pick. Uh, Bruce Dern plays Mark Rumsfeld. Bruce Dern got a start in TV westerns in the '50s. He's a journeyman actor. I don't think he's been a starring guy. Did a lot of westerns in the early 60s and 70s. Uh, also, more recently, you might remember Nebraska. That was an Oscar nom that he starred in from a couple of years ago. Yeah, he's now just in Oscar-nominated movies as the old man actor. Nebraska, he is in Hateful Eight, Hollywood. He was in Small Soldiers. Once Upon a Time he in was. Hollywood. Was he? So he's a Joe, Joe Dante nice. guy. Yep. Uh, Carrie Fisher plays Carol Peterson. Uh, I mean, obviously, Star Wars. This was kind of uh, a bridge movie after the Star Wars uh, franchise, for if I'm not mistaken. Um, she was in this. She's the best friend. And when Harry Met, Met Sally, Sally yeah. comes out around this time period. Um, it's always like a nice, oh, yeah, when like you see, you realize that she's in this movie. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't completely. think of Carrie Fisher when I think of this movie. I would not say mm-hmm. this is a Carrie Fisher movie. 
outside of Star Wars, I don't think she got a big chance to be the leading lady, and she went into like best friend roles, supporting, right? What have you, right? Daughter of Debbie Reynolds, right? Singing Whatever. in the rain, and go back to listen to our episode on Halloween Town. Mm. Rick Ducommon plays Art Weingartner. Uh, he passed away um, in, in, in middle age, kind of pretty young. Uh, you would know him from a, an episode we did, Spaceballs. He is the space ball that says, yeah, they beat the shit out of us, too, when they take these clothing. <laughs> Stole our clothes and beat the shit out of us, too. I mean, a starring role just to give some respect, though. Uh, Blank Check, the Disney movie. He's the driver in that. Has a small cameo in Groundhog's Day. Plays the drunk, essentially. Right. Yeah, and that's all I know. Uh, he's the dad in sc- uh, the first scary movie. Oh, yeah, right. Oh, that must be near his last role. Yeah, honestly, probably. Like, for real. Uh, Wendy Shaw plays Bonnie Rumsfeld. She's also in Inner Space. I think small. Oh, she's the mom in Small Soldiers too. So okay, another another she's Joe Dante. Dante. I like it. Nice. I do like when companies kind of stick together with yep. directors and stuff. And this is yep. another one. Oh, yeah, I do love that. Um, I've always wanted to be in one of those. Mm. Henry, you are in one. Yeah, I know. Just start making more stuff for me. Henry Gibson plays Doctor Warner Klopek. Um, I, this is the main thing I know him from. I think he might be in Luck of the Irish. He's as definitely well. in Luck of the, in Irish. Luck of the Irish. That's Irish. that's. What I know, uh, the Disney made-for-TV movie. I know he's uh, he plays the priest in Wedding Crashers, and I'm like, oh, right. it's Mr. Klopek, yeah. Doc. He's in Blues Brothers too, like head Nazi or something. Oh yeah, and he looks pretty much the same in every movie. He's one of those always, always had, had white, white hair. hair. Yeah, Theodore Gottlieb plays Ruben Klopek, brother Theodore. Uh, we did talk about brother this the first Theodore. time we did this podcast, but I don't think we ever found uh, a definite answer why his name is Brother Theodore. I'm going to assume. He's I a always monk. thought it's because he is the brother <laughs> to Doctor Koplik, like brother, brother Theodore. Theodore. But, but Theodore is his real name. Theodore is his name. But on IMDb, brother Theodore. it does say brother Theodore. That is okay. Maybe just, we're never going to get to the bottom hey, of this. Maybe he's just super groovy, and that's just a name that started sticking back in the day. And he's just, <laughs> hey, it's brother Theodore. It's not the vibe I got from. I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight. <laughs> Um, I do know this. I've been walking around um, old cemeteries in Chicago, Rose Rose Hill Cemetery and okay. Graceland You've Cemetery. You've just been walking around in them? Yeah, like taking like cemetery walks during the day. It's just okay. kind of like a park sure. that's instead of filled with people, it's filled with dead people and gravestones. <laughs> right, but right, it's right. quiet, it's nice, it's peaceful, it's a way to get a lot of yeah, steps. Usually, yeah. Anyway, a lot of these German mark uh, grave markers will have like a family plot. And it'll be like the Klopaks, and it'll be like Brother Theodore, oh, Mother fun. Whatever. Okay. And, that, you know, so maybe it's like maybe that. Maybe it's just that. Just real creepy German stuff. Is Klopaks German? Slavic? Is that Slavic? Slavic? Um, yeah. Ah, it must be uh, Catholic, huh? Uh, <laughs> uh, this is actually the last movie he was in. Oh, really? Is that for real? It's for real. Is it the first movie he's in? He seems no, like No, definitely not the first movie, but definitely the last. <laughs> well, he went out with a bang. Uh, Courtney Gaines plays Hans Klopek. Hans Christian Andersen. Back um, to the Future, Children of the Corn. Never seen them. Oh, I hear yeah, they he shot in Iowa or are maybe set in Iowa. Woo whoop. And that'll be a little precursor to some bullshit about this you movie. Give us a whoop whoop. Whoop whoop. Iowa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're from uh, Iowa. Um, the insane Clown Posse. He's in one of my <laughs> favorite whoop, whoop. Jones classic movies, ones that we love as a family, but maybe aren't popular worldwide. Mm. Memphis Bell, check him out. Fine Harry Connick Jr. flick as well. 
Um, should I touch on anybody else? Dick Miller plays the garbage man, and Robert Picardo plays the yeah. other garbage nah. man. Nah. No, but I do want to talk about the garbage man later out because I fucking love those. Guys. Oh, let me mention this uh, music by Jerry Goldsmith, and he's just done a slew of things. It seems like he works with Joe Dante, right? Because I think he did the music for Gremlins as well. If I'm not mistaken, definitely did Gremlins, but that's not his most known one. He's, he did Mulan. Oh, um, nice. ba, 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 hold on one sec here. Speed. Oh. So we must have we had to We've have talked, talked about, about this guy before. Those. Yeah. I do remember, though... um, Small Soldiers again. I love Small Soldiers. (laughs) Comparing this to Gremlin, very similar score. Yeah, well, funny enough, it was the end credits. I'm like, huh. During the end credits, I was like, wow, this sounds really familiar. just kind of sounds like Gremlins. And then I did pieces again. I'm like, oh, wait, that's because I think it's all connected. As guys that are... You know, maybe don't compose music, but write music. If you got in the wheelhouse, it's like I can get you something. Oh wait, wait, wait! It says conductor here, so he does he does the orchestral stuff. Okay, yeah, so not written by. He just conducts the orchestra. Sorry, yeah, I did say composed by. He, he's he's the he's the conductor. Nice. Just wanted to clarify. Okay, okay. Let's move it on to unverified. Unverified. Okay, so Walter's toy poodle Queenie was played by this song, uh, the same dog that played Precious in Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> Queenie Precious, the dog's name is actually Darcy. So what yeah. range? <laughs> what a range! Yeah, like I mean, there's some dark tones of this movie, but I wouldn't say Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> she had a nice close up. Yeah, I mean, big parts in both movies. Took a dump right on screen. You know what? There were some darker tones initially, though. What would you think of this? They were originally going to kill the character of Ray. It was actually just going to be Klopak killing him, not like the house explosion. But audiences didn't like that, and they didn't want to kill Tom Hanks, obviously. But there were also two different versions at the end of who was going to be in the trunk. At one point, they shot a scene where it was going to be full of dead cheerleaders, so they were just killing people from the community. Mm-hmm. But here's a fun callback. They did shoot with both garbage men in the trunk as dead bodies, so they got to come back uh, later in the that movie. That would have been fun. That would have been all right. That yeah. would have been a little more comical because it would have had a big whoa Yeah, reveal. those guys. Yeah, remember from a few scenes ago? And he does have that funny callback. He's like, I hate cold sex. There's only one way out. I don't believe they've shot all those, okay. but they do have... No, no, I'm, I, I'm not actually showing this. I know that... You can watch some of the alternative endings. Mm, I, yeah, I, I didn't find them, but I was looking for them. Yeah. Just like a bunch of skeletons is kind of funny. Yeah, I like that better. <laughs> uh, just just some numbers. Uh, the picture uh, open number one in the box office. It grossed 11 million opening weekend. Really? Made 36 to 37 million worldwide and around 49 million, I think, to date currently. It's surprising. That is surprising. Especially because it was panned initially. And I know Joe Dante said like they got such bad reviews that he was just ready for this to fizzle away as just like another whatever 90s movie. But it it did good in the box office and gained a cult following. I absolutely guaranteed that the marketing and previews for it Mm -hmm. painted a way different picture than what they actually saw. Right. So people were like, what the fuck was that? I thought I was going to see like a fun Tom Hanks this kind of goes along with that, I guess. It was originally slated for Christmas of '88, but then Hate due to reshoots, they got it had to be pushed back till February '89. Hate both of those time periods. By that time, time, Tom Hanks would be nominated for an Oscar for Big. So you'd have to imagine that probably helped the box office jump at that point because, like, oh, it's Tom. Like they already knew who Tom Hanks was, but and they I mean, knew who Carrie Fisher was. Yeah, so they're riding a wave of that, so that probably helped. No, I definitely get like why it would have like big box office draw. Mm-hmm. It's just I think people for what it is now. Yeah, it's like yeah, just, I just don't think that the people knew what they yeah. were getting into. Right. 
Uh, Tom Hanks didn't want to do this originally. He was 31 at the time. And kind of for obvious reasons, he didn't think he was old enough to play a father. So he was at, he actually tried to write the entire son. He was a real-life father at the time. Yeah, he probably was. He tried to write out, actually, the son, but they, they were pushing him. Like, it's going to help in the end. It's going to be more believable, believable that you're just a more modern couple with Carrie. You're a young couple with Carrie Fisher. So this movie shot during a writer strike, a Hollywood writer strike. So if you think the movie plays loose and fun, it's because they didn't have people on set rewriting scenes for them. So they let the actors improv quite a bit. And I think that plays to the benefit of the movie. I agree. Yeah, 100% agree. Everyone's dialogue just seems fitted for them. I was very curious about that. There's a lot of scenes where it's like, that's just playful banter. Like... Yeah, like like famous like improv scenes. Tom Tom Hanks putting the gurney in the ambulance at the end. Um, also, Bruce Dern pulling the wallpaper off in the Klopex house. But just a lot of the little things of their dialogue, they were trying to switch things a lot um, on the spot and without the writer there to help with it. They just had to. They just got to do whatever. It's, if I were to peg which character, I I feel like improvs the most, even though he's uh, was a more established actor, older actor. Bruce, Bruce Dern. Bruce Dern seems like he's free balling it. Yeah, it does seem like he's bringing a lot of himself to the role, and I love it. <laughs> the animal crackers at the end when he's just <laughs> so content up on the roof uh, there. I've got a random one, right? Mm-hmm. So you know how Corey Feldman was famously a childhood friend of Michael Jackson? Right. And you know how Michael Jackson famously had a chimpanzee pet slave? Bu- bubbles. 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 I'll just say pet bubbles. <laughs> friend. Friend, something, whatever. He had Bubbles the Chimp. So Michael Jackson never visited the set, but uh, Corey Feldman brought Bubbles like a bunch of times where they're like, you can't bring a chimpanzee to set and just leave him in your trailer. Apparently, he would leave Bubbles just in the trailer all day while he was shooting, and Bubbles would destroy it and just shit in there and make it. (laughs) Of course he would. Yeah, it's a chimpanzee. Um, I'm sure there's lots of uh, written material... But somebody's got to make a documentary about that whole bubble situation, right? There's no way <laughs> that's that at least a-, a five-part series. Yeah, there's no way that has a good life, right? Uh, <laughs> just kind of interestingly off the Corey Feldman vibe, this is super unverified, but it's just kind of rumored that on set, Corey Feldman was kind of, as you're saying, nearing the end of his like childhood acting phase. He was getting disillusioned with wanting to act and obviously kind of getting into drugs and just like yeah. more rambunctious habits. But it's uh, said that Carrie Fisher and Bruce Dern were kind of mentors on set and trying to help him just get his real life in order while filming. So that's nice. And uh, Carrie, Fisher, Carrie Fisher had a lot of yeah similar. Well, problems. anytime you have, I think, a parent in Hollywood, and I mean, yeah, sure, yeah. Uh, this movie was shot on Universal Backlot. Oh yeah, so, this is fun. So um, there's there, a fun tidbit. There had to be a lot of voiceovers due to just backlot tours happening at the time. But just like since it is the backlot, just like a little fun. Uh, Fun houses for you. Uh, Corey Feldman's house is the Munsters house. Tom Hanks and Carrie Fisher's the Leave It to Beaver house. And pretty much every other house on the block is a Desperate Housewives uh, house. Shout out to the Clopex house. I believe you see it in one of the seasons of Quantum Leap. Mm. My guess is it's that one where they drowned in the lake, but I'm not. <laughs> that's really unverified. Check out Quantum Leap. Oh, it could be that Halloween episode with like Stephen King and the devil. Check it out. Those are my guesses. Let me know. Actually, if you know, this is the we've said this before on the podcast. Let us know. But normally I'm like, don't fucking let me know. I don't care. But let me this know this one. one. Let if us anybody know. knows this, seriously, let us know. That'd be awesome to find out which episode. Also, it is. Brother Theater or still really. Yeah. yeah we're if all you, if anyone knows. What I like about the cul de sac is it feels like a backlot. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I enjoy that about this movie. I enjoy right. that about a lot of movies when it definitely feels fake and made for movie world. I love that. Love it. 
Uh, one kind of just small thing off the Gremlin thing. Uh, there is a little Easter egg at the beginning when Tom Hanks' son is eating cereal in the morning. It's Gremlin cereal with a Gremlin on it. Nice. They just made a fun little logo for this because it was off that. Cool. Yeah. I like that. Uh, when Art falls off the telephone pole and onto the shed, the sound that plays is a bowling ball knocking a strike. And I didn't I really think, pay attention to such a t- stupid yeah. fact. Like, why Does did, anybody notice that? I didn't no. at the time. No, I did no. read that and I was like, huh, I guess it might have been, huh? <laughs> like, uh, so the Universal logo is actually in this movie twice. Uh, it's at the end of the movie. And the reason being, it was a custom uh, painting of the original logo. And that's because it was a whole animation, actually, of it zooming in. But the fun fact off that is everyone says the actual final zoom in is definitely in Iowa. And it would seem to be a suburb of Des Moines. But clearly in the movie, there are Illinois license plates. It's believed to be a suburb of Chicago So instead, the opening credits you're saying as they zoom in te- to the universal sign. Yeah, technically, ge- geographically way. speaking, that should be somewhere in Iowa. And people would say probably Des Moines if it's a suburb. But at the end, you see like Illinois. Hollywood Hills. Yeah. Uh, like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's in yeah. California. No, like even though they zoomed in, yes, in the opening credits <laughs> to the Midwest, it's definitely in the hills yeah. of California. Yes. <laughs> it's, it, it, it's in Burbank, California. <laughs> They might actually have Universal Studios like rides yeah. in the background. Exactly. There was stuff in the background. Uh, there are some shots. Apparently, there the set is really close to the, where the Jaws ride used to be. Nice. And apparently, there was a PA like with a help, help that is heard <laughs> faintly in the background of some shots that Joe Dante left. Oh, in. you're saying just from the ride itself? Yeah, but like, like because background. that was going on constantly during the day. A lot of the shot what shooting ride. was at night, but for some of the day shots, there's a faint like help that they could <laughs> that if they didn't do the voiceover and the dubbing, it is in the background. Oh. There was, there was a fun one with Corey Feldman's casting. He kind of came in looking like kind of sloppy and like a punk rocker or whatever. And then the, sh- the long and short of it is they're like, oh, that's perfect. I forget the movie, but he was he like was coming straight from finishing one dream film, Travel. A little dream. Dream it's, a little dream. He apologized for his, uh, to Dante for his appearance, and Dante immediately told him, that's it. That's <laughs> what we perfect. had in mind. So. <laughs> we don't even have to go to wardrobe. Just wear that. <laughs> wear that Batman shirt under that mesh red shirt. All right, let's move on to questions. Comments. Animosities. Questions, comments, animosity. I can honestly say I have no animosity with this film. <laughs> I have one off the top. It's Tom Hanks at the beginning. I wrote one down, but it's Wa- like not really. Walking animosity. around barefoot outside, walking his dog. Granted, I was a barefoot kid growing up, but like, put some shoes on, man. I'm fine with that. It almost seems like a dream sequence because of that. If I'm oh, yeah. in a cul-de-sac suburbia land and I have like just going pajama to pants and a robe, I'm barefoot all the time. Yeah. Get in the mail, yeah. But walking but at the, the same dog, time, maybe you, if you're going to have all that attire, you're going to have slippers and maybe like a yeah, nightcap. Exactly. Well, I guess he is like in a cul-de-sac and he probably just has to like go around. Still, I don't think he's like taking his dog for a walk. I think he's taking his dog out to go to the bathroom on his you know lawn. True. Okay. Not like ever, walking. As someone who's taped up windows before. If you're trying to keep a low profile and there happens to be a lightning storm in your basement that's drawing attention from your neighbors, Klopex, just like tape up the basement windows. That's like half the battle right there. Yeah, did they not know that that was creating an absurd amount of light, sound, and like. Yeah, if you're Tom murdering Fury? people, why, I mean, like, why does that like furnace have such a loud engine taking off like sound? Like, it seems what like that's. What are those lights? It's yeah, all like it's all electricity, and I would imagine gas, right? That's just like a gas powered furnace. So, why does it need that much power? Here's some question about the clothes. Well, look at Rube. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the question about the Colpex, I think that most of the time it seems like murders like this. 
want to get caught in some way, right? Right. Or they're recognition like, of some sort. Yeah, more like recognition. They're bragging. It's like, I'm so smart. So they do things sloppily to get caught. I always feel like. Like, let's say drive around with a bunch of skeletons in your trunk. You've been That's watching a lot, a lot of, of skeletons. Uh... Netflix documentaries, it feels like. Yeah, Megan makes me. <laughs> Haven't we all? I like that this movie plays on the... It could be any small town USA suburb. Everybody can relate. There are lots of people can relate to the weird neighbor. Right. You're like, yeah. oh, what you doing? Hiding bodies down there? Exactly. Check out a trick-or-treat. You know, and then it just turns out it plays on the real fears that, yes, they are there murdering people. Your, your weird neighbors are everything you fear they are. Well that's put. All, that's all I have. No, that was well put. I like paranoia. That. We're just coming off of doing a league of their own, so I've got Tom Hanks' mind in my head quite a bit. Mm-hmm. He's in this weird spot. We just said he got nominated for Big, so I think he's already a household name at this point. But mm-hmm. it's before all of his dramatic work, like yeah, really broke. Forrest Gump, where he just went to like another stratosphere, right? Mm-hmm. But I love this Tom Hanks, and I love it specifically for this. He plays agitated, just. So well, yeah, he does. It may be my favorite at just Mark's doing it right now. He's just shaking his head. There's a lot of back. arms shaking. It's not head. rage. It's the, agitation. The scene where he's crushing the beer cans is class. Is that, that in a nutshell? It's the wheelhouse <laughs> that I like to see my Tom Hanks in. I love the I love the romantic comedies as well, but the agitation. The coffee where the coffee spills on his cry. <laughs> oh God, dude! Jesus. I said I love the beginning when that paper boy just hits him in the stomach <laughs> and he throws the coffee at him. God, I even forgot about that. That's actually uh, a really funny beginning just to the movie. Well, just in general favorite aspect all the the main three characters just art always eating and like just whispering all this stuff in in Ray's ear getting him going Bruce Stern's over the top militaristic stuff is hilarious like all the characters are just really I think great ultimately you guys can agree or disagree with me Bruce Stern's character is my favorite when I was younger it used to be art and it's still pretty it's but up there they 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 work together. It's like you need them all to be there. Art's in your face funny, and then Rumsfeld just he's got he just packs one liners. Ooh, one Rumsfeld. trickle down on verified. Apparently, Tom Hanks and uh, Rick Ducama did not really get along on set. But Joe Dante says Tom Hanks was a professional and did not let that get in the way of their performance and working. Together. I don't like hearing that. I like. Yeah, that. I, I wish they would have had better chemistry. I know. I mean, because hey, they but did. We, it seemed but like we they couldn't did. tell. But at they the had same, on-screen chemistry. At the same time, yeah. though, uh, he's supposed to be kind of an annoying character, so maybe that helped play it in, play into it. I don't know. I've always heard that the key to casting is casting the right, or the key to making a movie is casting. So, oh, and I noticed this this time uh, when Rick Ducamp at the beginning uh, goes into Ray's house and is getting all the food out. He takes the ribs, but he grabs a whole pineapple. Oh yeah, I never noticed that. Yes, yes, yes. He planned on just cutting that. (laughs) He just brought everything to the table too. Just (laughs) this movie is great in so many aspects, and one of them is the rewatch. You see stuff you didn't notice before. I think that's great in in most comedic movies. That whole scene where he's just eating from the fridge, the leftovers, mm-hmm. pretty sure he eats cat food or dog food in the middle of that, too. <laughs> <laughs> and it, like, makes this really gross face because, like, they're about to feed that famous dog. I don't remember its Darcy. name. Darcy. Darcy the dog. Little Darcy. Uh, this movie's not one... I don't, like, put this out there and test people, like, have you seen The Burbs? Because mm-hmm. then I'll like you. But when I meet somebody who has seen it, I'm like, yeah. It's it. a, yeah, it's a good movie, right? And they're like, yeah, fucking rocks. Uh, so just animosity... When they break into Walter's house, a soldier's way saves, saves the, day. the day. Bruce Dern like takes over that overturned chair, which would have been part of a crime scene. Like everyone's just touching everything. Look, a sign of struggle. Yeah, let me move every. <laughs> let me put that right. I think you're missing the biggest point that he carved out his window with a glass <laughs> yeah. cutter. Soldier's way. And then here's the deal. I assume that glass cutter. I've actually wondered about this. Was that just to get his hand in to open a window or yep. a door, or did he sneak through? About a 12 by 12 inch <laughs> Good point. Yeah. I'd yeah. like to imagine he cut far too big a hole just to reach his arm in when he could have done the Tom Hanks, grab a plant, and just smash the window open. <laughs> Question. 
What cable package does Tom Hanks have to have nothing but horror movies playing at that time of night? Shudder. Well, that's true. No free ads. <laughs> he had a, an early version of Shudder. Um, that goes to the dream sequence, mm-hmm. like right when he's falling asleep. In 1989, cable was available, but to get the three flips, and I know it's for TV and it's telling the story, and I like when they do that in a in a movie, especially Shaun of the Dead. When it's kind of the joke, yeah, yeah it's kind of the joke. But yeah, he would never get to those three things, especially at that time. So I did recognize at least uh, Texas Chainsaw, but I guess the other two are Race with the Devil, The Exorcist, and then Texas Chainsaw Massacre Two. I've I only did. seen the Texas Chainsaw and the Exorcist. Exorcist. Yeah, I didn't I know, did the, know other the other one. one. Yeah, but that's the one that really sets the tone. Yeah, it really that's does. What the dream is all about. I assume the dream sequence always used to scare me, kind of as a kid. But uh, I do like the part where Rick DeComin's like, "Hey, it's me, Rick. It's not really. Uh, oh, it's, it's not. It's not really Skip. I like that they're kind of playing into the dream sequence. I don't know. I like the whole dream sequence. Just Satan is your pal. Satan. Satan oh, is I do it. like that. That's the echo. They're coming like Satan is your pal. <laughs> Satan, Satan is, is your friend. It's a real callback joke. Oh, Um. I, I won't quote the lines so well, but I, I actually quote this movie a lot often. <laughs> yeah, we do. Like, like it, just off the cuff, this has got some of my favorite quotes in movies. Mark, I mean, lay it on me. What do you got? There's a lot of GDs in the, in this film, but I love the, there go the goddamn brownies. <laughs> when, when Bruce Dern falls through the porch, that his delivery is so hilarious. Really, I would honestly say maybe my favorite part of the whole movie is the visit to the Klopex. That's really when Bruce oh, yeah. Dern gets unleashed. I mean, really, <laughs> well, that's that's when we've moved from like conspiracy to action. Yeah, we're doing stuff. I can now. just we're going think about the, the brownie Klopex scene and just like get myself like going. <laughs> it's about a ten there on the old r- tension scale, eh, Rube? He he said he calls Rube like Rube like for the rest of the for the rest of the movie, so, and then uh, so he does it so condescending. Oh, <laughs> what I say here at the end? Um, oh. He's like, oh yeah, we caught you, Rube. Like he thinks he's the mastermind behind it all. Just, <laughs> hey Pinocchio, you got tied up in the basement there, hey, old Rube. Rube. I quote this a lot. There's never a good moment, but like, you keep a horse in the basement when the dog comes out. That would that always made me laugh a lot as a kid. Still, does. <laughs> if I see like a great Dan walking around, like I'll I'll oh. snap you guys a picture and like that'll be the caption. But uh. I don't know why, but I use this one like all the time. Uh, when they're in the when when uh Tom Hanks and Art are in the backyard, mm-hmm. and he's like, "It's just a piece of trash, it's something." <laughs> he's like, "No, no, it's your note." Uh, Jordan uses that anytime. It's clearly what the answer ended up being. He's like, "Oh well, no, it's, it's my, my note. note. It works." That one's my most versatile quote from a random movie. It's just a piece of trash. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. It's just a question. So, what exactly is the noise that Tom Hanks is making in that scene after the sardines? <coughs> well, I guess that. Now, what is that like him throwing up? Is that really allergies? I've always actually been confused from that because it's an unhumanly nose and it's coming from his chest, it sounds yeah, like. Yeah, it sounds really deep. It's like a purr. I will I say this. Rec- I, has anybody it. here eaten a sardine on a cracker? Well, there's I, been more sardine talk in my I life know, the past recently. week. Go on. I don't, I don't it know. It, Cameron, yeah. Cameron's just been talking sardines all week. I like pro, negative? Because of this wanting to Omega just threes. see what it's about. <laughs> fatty oils. Nice oils. fatty oils. Yeah, sure. Um, Mercury. The sardine to, to pretzel ratio on that snack, mm-hmm. it's, it's off. Off big sardine. I don't know if it's two or three. I'd almost feel like you should put the pretzel on top of the sardine at that point. Make a sandwich out of it. Oh, Jesus Christ. Anyway, I have no idea what that sound is. I never have, but it almost sounds like they're about to cook another body down there. (laughs) It's coming from an like non humanly place. 
non-human place. Where are Ricky's parents? He might be the murderer. We never see them. I like two things. Mm-hmm. I like you never see Ricky's parents, and I like you never see Art's wife until the end. He's like, my oh, wife yeah. is home. Yeah, yeah that's great. Uh, you, we, I don't know where Ricky's parents are, but obviously they're bad parents. How old is Ricky supposed to be? We're assuming college, I'd assume, because he's drinking with uh, with Rick Ducommon, like <laughs> at the beginning when they're going on that walk talking about uh, Skip, the ice cream guy. Yeah, I think he's out of high school. I could see him being anywhere from 17 to 26. It is Agreed. summer, so he could just be Big also window. like... Yeah, I mean, like, suburb people, in my opinion, or I feel like some of them live at home forever. He could honestly be... 17 to 30. <laughs> Rumsfeld, dude! Rumsfeld! Oh, dude, this is goddamn house. <laughs> when Bruce Dern falls off the house, there his legs just flailing. Oh. Gunshots goes off. It's all good. So when the Klopaks actually leave, they take the dog with them, but I don't think the dog comes back with them. Do they board it? I guess. Or why would they? Darcy? Even- no, no, they're they're, they're the, the horse in the basement. When the Klopaks oh, leave no, no, the next no, no, day no, no. to go to the university, they leave with the dog in the car. But I don't think it I comes think, back. I think I see. A, I think it's in the back. It when might they, just be like oh, walking around. I can't quite remember. I'm pretty sure it's in the back. Okay, well then this has turned into an animosity. Why would they take that to the university for the next job offer? Board it for the day or something? I just don't see them as dog people. Period. No. Well, Any I'm, of them. Well, I'm guessing it's supposed to be like a, some sort of hound of hell and some guard dog, right? Something like that. We're thinking. Sure. I like how much Rick Ducommon's like, I knew there were ghouls like sure. Gravediggers, and he goes to like a supernatural thing always. It's always like <laughs> satanic and ghouls. like a ghoul. Ray, you're chanting. Unconscious chanting. I will jump ahead, but I want to talk about Art Rick Ducommon, his mm-hmm. character. I love his outfit when he's breaking in. It's like a bowling, like hybrid outfit. Is, I thought it was like an electric. Isn't it like an he's electric? Like he's... No, no, no. I'm saying like the when um when oh when they're at the Klopex house <laughs> yeah. and he's breaking in the backyard. Gotcha. When they're having their meet and greet with the the Klopex, but he tries to break in and he sets off the uh, the alarm. So what the fuck is he wearing? <laughs> oh, like it says it says his name on it. Yeah. I love <laughs> his outfit that. in general. He's wearing like tube socks, tube socks, and like checkered Vans. Killing that outfit. I know it's supposed to be like, hey, look at well, this Zoomers guy. wear that nowadays on TikTok, shaking their ass. Which also brings me up to my first should have died. Did they throw a pickaxe over the end, uh, over the fence, uh, uh, Corey Feldman and the other son, and it hits him in the head. That probably would have killed him. Moving on. Yeah, Art should have died three times. Yeah, that's the first one. Obviously, the biggest one is being electrocuted. And then falling. <laughs> my feelings are <laughs> my hot. Feelings are hot. Oh, that, that actually made me uncomfortable, that, that scene. Just, I don't know. That seems like a weird feeling, huh? Um, I do like though around that time he's digging through shit. Art is, and he finds a comb. And he's like my comb. <laughs> <laughs> like, he, he picks it back up. Ugh. I only have one animosity, and it's not even really, really with the movie. It's mm-hmm. with um, the little snippet of Mister Rogers that plays, and it's the song is "There's a beautiful day in this neighborhood." And it's not the neighborhood, and that always pisses me off. Mm. Is it really this and that's neighborhood? A, yes, and that's oh. a recent finding by me, and it's just rubbed me wrong. I'll chalk that one up as a Mandela effect. For and then fun trickle down. Of course, Tom Hanks later went on to play Mr. Rogers in 2019. I never saw that movie. Actually, Wouldn't neither did you I. Be mine? Uh, I have a real animosity with Bruce Stern, and that is his whole thing is being the guard up on the roof. There is a scene where the Klopeks drive up. We got oh, a big problem. Well, no, that, it's before that. They drive up and then they back away because they come oh, back. Oh, yeah, he should have been watching. Yeah, they him, come yeah. back with a cop. That was his one job. But he he was definitely just up fell there. off a roof, though. That yeah. was during <laughs> that was during daylight. But no, no, when he, the, when he the Klo- completely misses the Klopeks coming in. Yeah. And I assume they're loud as fuck car. 
Full of exhaust. You would hear that coming. And driving over the trash pile in the middle of the road. So granted, he fell off the roof, but that was during daylight. So that must have been a few hours until they came back. Ben, he could have been dealing with Ricky at the time and all the ruckus That's happening true. over there. I don't Ricky know. Ricky was a pest. But he did drop the ball. Oh, I had a question I thought about this. I know that... Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know that uh, Rumsfeld talks about his service a lot, right? But I just would love if he was in the reserves <laughs> and like never saw Vietnam or wherever he said he did. I find that typically the people that do talk about it a lot are those people, but <laughs> that's true. Uh, cool. I, I love that aspect, that character trait. Just let him be weird military guy. I guess. Cool for Ricky though that he can really just throw an all day rager because his neighbors are busy breaking and entering. They're not going to call the cops on anything. Yeah, two weeks earlier that would have been a problem. Oh, hundred percent. But this is the week to do it. Is hey any, Ricky, cool is, party. Is, hey Ricky, really know. Hey Ricky, really know how to throw a party. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I just just wait, guys. The pizza dude's coming. I would never make it to the point where the house explodes. Well, actually, maybe because it is a cool rager all day, but he's making a lot of promises of action. I guess just when the pizza van hits the the the, the, the trees, like pizza, just just pizza dude. So I don't know if Ricky ordered all those pizza, but that oh, must have been like fifty. Tons that of pizza. van is full of pizza. That would have been near $1,000 worth of pizzas. And I'm talking 1989 money. Mm. $20 a pizza times 500 pizzas. What do you, do you tell me? Ricky was a stud that I'm going to Ricky's. I'm going, I'm going to watch to his neighbors. The guy, Ricky really knows how to throw a party. <laughs> um, also questions. So the Klopex, why would they come back with the cop? At that point, they clearly have skeletons in the car. Or why Bad are they, move, yeah. Why are they driving around with skeletons anyway? Because it just seems Question like this. you're going to get pulled over for a light infraction or something. Seems like such an easy way to get caught. Do all the Klopex know what's going on? Or yeah. is it just El Doctor? The, the, I'll tell you what. They're all in on it. Yeah, the Klopex don't have Geico. They they're, <laughs> they do not have insurance. On that car or just anything? Probably not anything. anything yeah. Well, actually, this brings me up to a couple questions. Number one. Why are they digging at night? Because it seems like the bodies are burned and they're in the basement and and they're left in the. Were they originally uh, in the summertime? The heat of day would be too much. Well, are they were they originally in the backyard, but people were getting suspicious, so they moved them. Is it like that? Oh, I always saw that scene. I always thought they were digging up bodies and taking them out of their backyard. Okay. 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 Yeah. I was always then they put them into the car for something. Eventually, they they were going to move their backyard or whatever. Okay. Mm -hmm. Actually, I don't know if I've always thought that, that, but that's like the realization. Why didn't they move them that like, just dump them anywhere before you go get the cop. Maybe just dump those bones in a ditch. Come back. But like the amount of bones in their trunk would have been like, to hundreds like hundreds of dead people well it, he was like you have my skull it seems like he collects things so i guess he's a collecting type yeah also just there's an incriminating amount of evidence after your house blows up why would they stick around to try to kill tom hanks why wouldn't you just try to slip away before all the whatever he's, evidence, evidence? He's gone mad yeah i guess but like how involved is rube very, very, very. I mean, clearly, <laughs> I think he's more of just an errand driver. Well, well here's the thing: Pinocchio's the one driving the ambulance at the end as the getaway. They leave Rube behind. If you <laughs> think about it, he's not in the van. So maybe they were just going to ditch all those bodies on Rube and try to get out. <laughs> the brother. Hey, Pinocchio, where are you? Hey, going? Pinocchio, where are you going? I love that. That's um, another favorite quote, of course, by Bruce Dern. The Hey, Pinocchio. Where are you going? I don't know. I just assume they're all in on it. They're all bad. I didn't think about it too much on that one. And this time watching around, I do have one other big question. The Naps lived in the house before, mm-hmm. and they make it seem like they just killed them and then immediately moved in. Mm-hmm. How? Just legally, like, no one was questioning what happened to the like, Naps. It seems like the Naps just closed. disappeared. 
Um, what you're missing is it seems like people didn't like the naps in general. That's true, but they're the, the, the person that let their house go to disarray and they're like, fuck it. Well, I guess it also seems like they didn't want to sell. So maybe they just killed him and then still bought the house through legal means. What I no. Cause maybe, I, cool, maybe. Well, the police knows like they, the, the policeman knows who's like, Oh, he's a respected doctor. So like, it seems like they are a li- little legit, have some paperwork. So I'm just very confused about how the naps died and how they just inherited the they house. They were moving all day. Uh, yeah. Du- was that a lie? Was it <laughs> yeah, just him it throwing like a lie? It oh. seems like the neighbor. The moving truck was in the driveway all, all right. day. Calm down there, Rube. <laughs> um, I don't know. It seems like he confessed to killing them. They, they were old and he didn't want to sell their house. And you know how old people get attached to their things. Well, the big question is then, did... Did the doctor and the Clopex install whatever furnace, furnace situation yeah. is there? They're talking about it like it's all custom built and they see the pipes going up. So they had to drag that giant thing somehow into the basement. Well, that's a big thing. I'm guessing that just moves with them everywhere they murder. Yeah. I have again started to reread The Devil in the White City for like the 10th time. I'll cool. never finish it. But it seems like to get a murder house situation, you got to do a lot of internal like hiring, not hiring construction type situation. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Maybe that's yeah, what Rube does. Or, you know, Hans, you know, we obviously have a doctor that does the, you know, the, the surgical killing, but uh, handyman. Seems that's like true. for such a big furnace, you'd want that to probably like, I don't know, dust up the bone a bit. Yeah, just get that down a little. And well, I oh, guess yeah, why tra- is there so much bone left? All of it, like the entire skeleton. <laughs> he kept it all. And I already asked this, but again, why does it need so much electricity? Seems like that's all just gas. Would probably be. I don't understand why there's a bunch of car guess batteries. Just lucky that that thing didn't blow up before, or unlucky. Mm, who knows? True. You know. Um, <laughs> there's so many aspects about this movie I like. It's mainly just like so many good movies. The performances. Everybody's performance, they bring it. It's good. It's great. Carrie Fisher, I don't feel like... I wish she got to flex her muscles a little more. She's essentially just playing... Really, like she's the playing wife. their mom instead of That's the wife, though, which is kind of funny. Just like the can, can Ray come out to play kind of moment, things like that. I know, but don't you think it could have been better if she got a little more jokes here and there? I mean, she kind of does. She gets, she gets some zips and some cheeky little comments here and there. Hmm, that's true. Uh, something I never really thought about, but Ray's going to have significant house damage. That house blew up huge and he's the next door neighbor so you Ray imagine? and your house is on fire <laughs> yeah really it's gonna be Ray your house is on fire not, not well, them. I meant sorry Archer house is on fire. also on kind of a favorite aspect Tom Hanks just sliding down those steps at oh the guys end. this is truly the best moment of the movie you know what I'm talking about we've yes. all seen it it's, yes. terif- it's terrifying what happened to you in the wild because you're never planning it but <laughs> I don't know if it could happen again or if he'd like done that for three takes but it's right after he comes out of the house it just exploded he shuffles down straight leg a small flight of four stairs, and it's amazing. Rewatch for it. If you've seen the movie, you already know what we're talking about. But if you're going to watch it for the first time after this podcast, it's the best part of the end for it's, sure. It just kills. Get a nice little Ron Howard's dad as the detective. Mm-hmm. He's I come up. Like actually, Ron Howard's dad's come up in like maybe the last three podcasts. It was in the last movie. He was the dad of Kit. So I was kind of thinking about this too. In today's justice system, like yeah, they did help catch a murderer. But they still have a lot of charges that will probably not get dropped. And, like, the Klopex actually still might have a lawsuit that they win. I mean, they broke into their house and exploded it. <laughs> yeah, like, it, like, endangered everyone on the block. Given all that, and I totally agree with you, Rumsfeld is still just, like, at the end, oh, you got a lawsuit on your hands, <laughs> He immediately room. throws Ray under the bus. <laughs> you got a lot explaining to do, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they do stay true to like their like yeah. competitive neighborhood feature at the end, and especially when the news cameras get there. Art's character is the exact type of person that talks to a news yeah. camera. 
Like, get and a frankly, load of we're this. We're not going to take it anymore. <laughs> Geraldo Rivera's going to come down and do go down in the basement live. <laughs> yeah, totally. That is a uh, that is the art type of guy. I do enjoy how the gang Art Ray and Rumsfeld they go so far. To the point where they break into the house, they dig it up, but then Art's like, man, I think we're doing this too long. Let's just get out of here and quit. <laughs> like, he wants to quit after all that time. Well, he even starts with them just immediately digging in the backyard, and he's just laying down, and Ray's doing everything. <laughs> he doesn't do and anything, that, Yeah, time. by that time, Ray's just already all into it. You know, in Art's defense, crazy. though, he did get electrocuted. He did do, like, a major part of turning off the power. Ray turns mad at the end of the movie. Yeah. Like, truly mad. From the moment he finds the toupee, you've had that in your trousers all day? It clicks. Yeah, it's the moment he, he goes over. Shout out, though, to... Just when he reveals to the gang that he's got the toupee, sick den. Yeah. Like the little nice den. den. Cool den. I'm a little surprised we didn't spend more time in the den. <laughs> well, we had no time. That's true. I mean, we were on a staycation. I really like the, I don't know, there's just so many scenes I like. I like when he shows art his, his tools. It's like, <laughs> I got these, Carol's dad got these for me last Christmas. More than once, comes up in the, the ambulance too. Like, I can help you I can help rebuild you fix your house. house. Yeah. <laughs> Carol's I just got dad, some tools. She... Call back to the tools. <laughs> yeah. Should we move on to recasting? Recasting. Cast. Move on to recasting. 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 Let's start kind of low. These are just kind of some some fun character actors. Did there. you guys go pretty low? I mean, I kind of did everybody. I did everybody, but then also I did the garbage man. Did you guys have that? Oh, I did. The, that's what I mean. I did the garbage man. Yeah, we all have the same garbage man. I'm yeah, I think okay. So prefacing, I think one of our garbage men is going to be the same. All of us, and I think our Ricky is are all going to be the same. So this could okay. be this could be fun, but. Our Ricky, I I think you might be surprised. I have a twofer on that one. Okay, then that's you went weird. Um, so you can give me the garbage man's names who I don't know, or can I just do my just one and two? Yeah, my mine mine's David Cross, Joe Pesci. Mine's David Cross, Joe Pesci. Didn't <laughs> think we were going two for two on that. Nice. I knew we were doing David Cross. Did you have David Cross? I had David Cross. Okay, like, David Cross would kill it. In fact, it seems like a role he would have played, but this is a little early for him. Rather than Joe Pesci, I did Harvey Keitel. You know, from Quentin Tarantino's universe. Okay. Uh-huh. okay. Yeah, I get that. Just like a you know yep, mobster yep, yep, yep. type uh, you of guy that him. ended up being a. You would know him more recently from the National Treasure series. Sure, recently, like fifteen years. Ago. Whatever. She like the FBI guy. Yeah, he's the FBI guy from that. Got Check it, out our it. episode on uh, National Treasure. Um, Bonnie. Let's go to Bonnie. Uh, I did Elizabeth Banks. She's funny. She could play like kind of funny ditzy, and she's also very beautiful. Love that. Better than mine. I did a- Amy Adams. Huh. I was actually thinking about her. I did Selma Hayek. Ooh, very attractive. I was thinking about uh, Parker Posey because she can do the ditzy very well, but it, I mean, she's, she's kind of supposed stuff. to be more of a tr- yeah trophy wife. Let's do the Clopex now. Is that cool? Yeah. Clopex. These were really hard. Cameron, do you want to start? Uh, for my doctor, I did Christoph Waltz. Me too. I did Christoph Waltz. Cameron, oh, we're, we're on the killing. same wavelength on, on this uh, this recast. Jordan, who'd you have? I did Jared Harris, Richard Harris's son. Okay. You yeah. may know him from Mad Men, I think is his biggest oh, yeah. role. He had a stint there, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mad Men, Mad Men. Uh, for Ruben, I did Tommy. Oh, sorry. I just, I really, I mean, Christoph Waltz is perfect. I didn't, it, I feel it's almost too obvious, right? We, we've used him a lot. If there is it, a sophisticated, quirky villain. Yeah. Cause he's, he's kind of got that same it. stature. Like he and could be like he's four, not, eight. Yeah. He's not big and that helps. And also just like a vague foreigner. Cause he can do so many different accents and languages that he kind of just fits a lot of things for us. That's actually really Slavic. good. I like that. <laughs> uh, for Ruben, 
This was kind of interesting because he plays the straight man like just straight face a lot. Jordan just had a huge sigh. He can't. He can't I think couldn't. Of a can I just Ruben. say mine just to get Ta- it out of the yeah, way yeah. so you don't? We don't remember Danny DeVito. I just, I just uh, picked so you, a guy. Okay, so just hold a stature. On. But you're th- you're thinking of like that was mine too. You're all worried about yours. Mine. I did like oh, Frank perfect. Reynolds, Danny DeVito. Okay, I felt stupid about him. No. But I'm glad that you're here. He, hear me out. Right. Just a straight face person who would just grunt. Tommy Lee Jones. He's too big though. We need. I think Danny he had to be small. I think he has to be small. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, for the movie, like, but I think he could do it. He would pull it off. There's almost moments where Frank Reynolds is Brother Theodore. It seems. <laughs> I don't know. I, <laughs> the Doctor. <laughs> uh, who'd you have as Hans? Hans Christian Andersen. Just to throw away, I did put Sean Whalen from uh, That Thing You Do. How are we supposed to meet girls and dance? Just to the just kind of the era, just to get him in there. But my main one is Paul Dano. You would know him from mm. Looper and some other things. He's, he's a good Dano's actor, good. but he also just... Swiss Army Man, There Will Be Blood, Girl Next Door. Check mm-hmm. out Paul Dano. Yep. Love and Mercy. Man, I know every Paul you Dano You really movie. do. This is the most prepared I've ever been. <laughs> that might be all of his movies. Who'd you guys have for Hans? Um, I had Sam Rockwell. Oh, okay. That and works great. He plays, we all had similar guys. He plays gross really well. I'm taking pretty much the Green Mile yeah. aesthetic. And then just let Sam Rockwell be weird. Which I, like I enjoy what he I enjoy him. I went either of the McPoyle brothers. Okay. So I've always yeah. sunny. Nate Mooney, he's kind of the grosser McPoyle, but just that is a McPoyle, is is uh, Hans. I would probably go with the one that's in Westworld, whichever one that is, just because Yeah. Yeah. What about this guy? Oh yeah, sure. And oh, by this guy, I mean Jesse Plemons. Uh he's in Game Night, uh uh, Breaking Bad, yeah, uh, Mike. That works. Oh, yeah, for me. Breaking Bad. Yeah, that works. I mean, he plays kind of that uncomfortable, awkward character. Well, I mean, he did. That. He does it in both hosting. those movies. Yeah, yeah, that works for me. Good. Who'd you guys have as Carol? I can. I'll go first. Mine's not crazy. Jamie Lee Curtis. Ty? Okay. Yeah, Same. like that. Hear me out. I was up between her and I won't say in case I tiptoe on cameras. Yeah, it was either her don't, or. Don't, don't leak, don't what do you leak. think of this? She'd have to do an American accent, but Kate Winslet. Hmm. Like, fine. I do like the Jamie Lee Curtis better. I like Kate Winslet, so it could have been... I mean, she would have added to it. I also thought Sigourney Weaver. Let's do Ricky, and then we'll get to the big three. Uh, Ricky is just kind of a voice thing. TJ Miller, you would know him okay. from hmm. Silicon Valley. Also... So, okay, we're not going to be close at all on Ricky. My bad. I have but a he, he does just play that partier, partier burnout kind of character a lot. His so is hard because he looks so much older. Yeah, that is the problem with it, but... But I like... Voice-wise and attitude. Voice-wise, for sure. Um, just again, a shout out to the Corey Feldman. This is essentially a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle real life character, a mm-hmm. human character. I like that. Um, yeah, totally. Mine specifically, I went Shia LaBeouf. Okay, I did think about that, and I and I didn't Ooh. think that at all until I saw the table reading where he played Spicoli as Fast Times at Richmond <laughs> High. Remember when celebrities were doing weird shit but the pandemic just. Because they needed to do stuff, I yeah. guess. Check that out. That's Hear fine. me out. Okay, this is a wild card. I did, John Williams got my, I didn't, my ab- sub. I didn't actually do this, but but do you think after Shia LaBeouf gets I his too hard about it? Do you think after Shia LaBeouf gets his Robert Downey Jr. maybe in like 10, 15 years, like a like comeback? Yeah, that he could do the Tom Hanks version of this if he didn't have all the tattoos, where he would just be the, oh. the dad coming in. Because I did think that yeah, I could. See I it. did think like Wait, 15, awesome. 15 years. This would be a perfect later Shia LaBeouf role, but that's not what I did. No, I like that. I, I could that. definitely see that happening. Okay. And again, shout out. Well, that'll trick actually. Up I them. think out of all of that that you said, I think Shia LaBeouf with like like a long kind of mullety eighties hair yeah. would like and just being like that type of. Uh, archetype would be awesome. I'm telling you, check I out did, that table read. It, he'd have to be younger, but Paul Rudd. And Ooh, okay, yeah, that's, that's fine. Great. That's I fine. thought you guys were going to pick Paul Rudd for some reason. No, I didn't think about it at yeah, all. I but went, that's I went great. That route. Uh, uh, who'd we have as Rumsfeld? 
This one was hard for me just because. Yeah, because Bruce Stern's awesome in this. I'm actually okay. So this is the hardest one for me. Initially, I'm like, I'm just, I just can't do it, right? Mm -hmm. But I did to give this one some time because I think this is my favorite character. Marinate. Hear me out. Kind of weird burnout army man. It's gonna take a little bit. It's gonna be a a a different direction Mm -hmm. than Bruce Stern. Gene Wilder. Huh. Yeah, I could maybe see that. It's we. He saw some stuff at war, though. <laughs> he, he saw a lot more. Yeah, that. yeah. He's, he's, he's playing it like he just got out of the tunnel in Willy Wonka, kind of. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, There's just Gene no where we're going. I, I did something that's also <laughs> taking. Just think of, think of all the Rumsfeld line from Gene Wilder. Actually, I kind of like that a lot. Which soldier's that? way saves the, the day. day. I mean, that one's that. Yeah, that's Gene Wilder in a nutshell. Sorry, because he's. He's a hard ass, but at the same time, he's kind of aloof in this. Because he, he got burnt out. He's seen things. He's not the same. Yeah, that actually kind of works for me. I love that. You're not going to like mine. I'm taking it in a different route. It's pretty much Tropic Thunder. I'm just putting Danny McBride as the militaristic guy that has all the equipment there. I mean, that'd be fun. Who doesn't like that? He would be good. Yeah. Oh, that's actually, yeah. He'd be way comedic for sure. In fact, all of my main three characters, I just kind of did a modern comedic actor reimagining, but I'll that's get to fine. him. That's fine. Brian Cranston. Oh, I like that. Okay, yeah, so I get he, someone that could play a stiff and then still kind of beefy. He's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he is. Malcolm funny. in the middle. I try to think that kind of dad dad humor because that's kind of what Rumsfeld is a little bit. Uh, Who do you guys have as art? Mine's chalk, just John Candy. I did John Candy too. I initially had John Candy, but hear me out. It's not a size thing anymore, but it's Vince Vaughn just gabbing his ear the whole time, talking really fast. And oh, just, you could toss Vince Vaughn he, in that Vince role. Vince Vaughn would be a perfect great. gabber. Yeah. I mean, the eating thing, he wouldn't have the eating gimmick maybe as much. Well, maybe he just still would, but. No, he would. He did it in like Wedding Crashers. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it would Actually, be. I like that take a lot. I just want chalk. I'm like, they were doing a John Candy type, but what, Vince Vaughn would be money at that. Thank you. My, my uh, B team was Billy Crystal. <laughs> That's funny. You know, I could see him as one of the garbage men too. <laughs> I could really see him as a garbage man. Uh, we're Andre. down to Ray. Who'd you guys have? I don't think you guys are gonna like mine. Jason Bateman. Um, that's Ooh, fine. interesting. Yeah, yeah, I don't like it. No, I, don't the, I like my Shia LaBeouf way better. If my future reco- like re- re- comeback Shia LaBeouf. The reason, I showed your hand there. The yeah, reason but, you picked Jason Bateman is because Jason Bateman plays agitated. Yeah, that pretty is why much I did identically. It. Like not identically. Yeah, but I don't hate that. I would have never thought of that, but I don't. Hate and it. he's obviously funny. Like I mm-hmm. think he. This is a role made for Jason Bateman. You know yeah. what I mean? Thank so you. I obviously think it. Um, mine's recency bias, but I truly think I recast him as Tom Hanks in A League of Their Own last week, and I still feel it. I tried to go against it, but Michael <laughs> Keaton would fucking kill this role. Yeah, and I truly believe it. I'll back that. Especially when he goes mad at the end, it'd be just as fun. He plays agitated quite well in a lot of it's his not movies. Them, it's us. us. Yeah, he would do. It. Yeah, right. But I like the Jason Bateman. Thank you. This could be like completely blasphemous, but I think this could easily be like a National Lampoons and just put Chevy Chase there. Oh, call yeah. staycation, 100%. and that's... it's just a Chevy Chase. That'd be great. Vehicle. No, that'd, that'd be absolutely great. All of them are good. Have Beverly and D'Angelo. That yeah, this could say. just be a vacation. With how much yeah. I like this cast, surprisingly, I did find some good recasting out of at least one of us that I, I would be able to watch that movie. We had a, we agreed on a lot, which yeah. we never really do. This one surprised me. Yeah, we all had good ones. Especially for how much we love this movie. Normally, I do shitty ones, but I thought I I really like my Gene Wilder. It, that did that was a good one. Your Jason Bateman was a sneaky dark horse. Vince yeah. Vaughn, I'm telling you, I think that Vince actually, Vaughn was pretty sneaky too. Moving on to Mount Rushmore, top four. Mount Rushmore, Mount Rushmore Top 4. Mount Rushmore Top 4. This week, we might have done it before. Who knows? We don't remember. 
We're doing our favorite Tom Hanks movies. Not what we're saying his best roles are, but our favorite movies of his. Uh, starting with our number fours around. I'm this actually, was tough. I'm actually, I was. I, my, my list was constantly moving as I was doing research. I'm like, shit. Yeah, as you found another one yeah. to add on, you're like pushing one out. You're like, oh, if we did this list 10 minutes from now, it would be different. Yes. But this is what I've got right now. I tried to be honest with what I just actually like to watch the most, not necessarily what is the best. And I put The Birds I like, as my number four. Really? I watch this movie a lot. It's a family classic. It's, it's on my list. I mean, I can't argue with it. It's That's an my honorable list. It's got to be a six for me. It's an honorable mention for me. And... It's not all these are wildly rewatchable. Right. It's just movies that I love him. These are the movies I love. Okay. What's your number four? Apollo 13. I've always loved that movie. I think it's wildly underrated. The fact that it was made in like 93 or 94. Yeah. It just holds up. It's such a good. Think about this. Think of how good. One, he's amazing in it, but the movie in general is just good. We know what happens. Yeah. We know they're going to get stuck, uh, yeah. and it's just an amazing movie, and I think it's underrated. Is it long? Yeah, but who doesn't like a long, good movie? I, I, and I knew he was in that movie. I just came across it too late when I found other movies. I'm like, fuck, I can't just push that one out. That movie made me so want to be an astronaut four, until I immediately found out they had to be good at math in that movie. <laughs> my number four is big. Can't argue it. It's great. Yeah, it's honorable an, mention for me. Especially so as a kid. I watched it so much growing up. It is an honorable mention. and it, it, It's a great coming-of-age movie. I love big. We should do that because it's got a million questions. Yeah, let's do that next. Okay, we'll do big. We're just in Tom, Tom Hanks. Hanks. Tom Hanks. Summer mode. Tom Hanks. Uh, speaking of which, that thing you do, we've also done that on the podcast, but it is a very watchable movie. I wouldn't Are necessarily. Are we leaking pictures? Is that your number three? Uh, that's yeah. my number three. That's uh, okay. My, I wouldn't necessarily say that is the mo- like a Tom Hanks st- movie, but it he made he wrote it. He's in it. Okay, it's, it's, it's his, his only. Movie. That's it's the only sell. movie he directed. It's, his movie. it's a good. It's sell. the only movie he directed, and he's in it, so that's why. It's not my favorite role of his. He kind of plays an asshole in the movie, but yeah. watchability as far as that movie goes, oh. that's why. It, it's a, I watch it all good the time. Sell. The only reason it's not in my list mm-hmm. is because it's such a small role i get it but his fingerprints are all, all over it it's right. tone records he makes play like his movie production goes play mm-hmm. i get it i feel bad i didn't put it on there check out our i get why you wouldn't but that's why it. i did uh what's your number three um my number three is again this is this is borderline should i do it should i not but i just love this movie I've, i love it. he's zigging we're zagging I've, I've overwatched it so i can't watch it anymore but Catch Me If You Can is a fucking great movie. It's my number three, so let's just talk about it together. Then. You just, you without, I mean, it's obviously Leo's like vehicle, mm-hmm. but without Tom Hanks, that movie doesn't work. No, 100%. That's, you well, need Tom Hanks That's in that honestly movie. maybe my favorite movie of both of them to watch just because it is so watchable. And some of the other ones, like The Aviator with Leo's very dry. I almost feel like Catch Me If You Can is underrated for both of their, I agree. Uh, their repertoire. It's such Although a Although that good one movie. does always seem to live still on syndication. So if people do, it's always like a oh, TNT. Yeah. Catch Me If You Can is fucking awesome. Steven Spielberg directed. It's just a powerhouse to, fucking movie. To mice. <laughs> I'm not going to do a walking right now. But what are we on now? What's your number you three? I mean, three? My, my three was uh, Catch Me If You Can. Oh, okay. Just love uh, that movie it's it's such a moving on to number two mine's actually apollo 13 so we don't have to touch on it but mine's just a little higher it is such a okay, watch that a little it's more such a watchable movie it's so good so good uh what's your number two <laughs> you've got mail unapologetically i get it I you've actually been movie. talking about that since high school as well favorite it's time my favorite you've romantic mail at it's, number two it's such That's a like good romantic comedy. money pit at number two no that'd be like putting money pit at number two it's just <laughs> it's it's just the perfect romantic comedy it's easy digestible. Hey, hold it on. goes I through the all the seasons. It goes one. It goes summer, spring. It's just, I love it. I don't apologize. I love you, Got Mail. Don't I apologize. I, I love that about you. 
You got mail at two. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we disagree. I, I, I take it you haven't seen it. No, I have. My mom loves you've got mail. Yeah, she gets it. <laughs> My number two is the Green Mile. Ooh, see, I, I and did. I only watched that movie for the first time like two years ago. It started on my it's list, but it so got bumped. Fucking good. Started on my list, but I got bumped down because it's such a great performance, but it's not necessarily something I always want to watch all watch. the time. Yeah, it's it's heavy. So there, it's a heavy movie. The, well, somebody's gonna pick a number one that's even heavier. So yeah, everybody's gonna pick a number one that's heavier. I could watch Green Mile right now if you put it in. I love that movie, and I didn't. Three hours long, but I just want to sit down and watch the whole thing. You know what? In three hour long. long movies. Cut out the old people part. Just tell us the story. The I'm story holds that. up, I think. Sure, it's got whatever, but do we need to see... Talk about The Notebook? What are you talking about? Here? I'm talking about Both. any movie where... Citizen Kane is maybe the only exception. Uh, go back to our Mount Rushmore from last week. Go back week to last we do this. episode, yeah. Uh, my number one, we've already talked about it, but Catch Me If You Can. It is so watchable. It's so nice. It's funny. I am, I am shocked at your list. Oh, God, I love Catch Me I'm If You Can. I'm not shocked. It's no, a, I, I do too. I'm just shocked. It's a great, it's a great dramatic performance without being too heavy. There are emotional parts, but mostly it's just kind of fun. It's a fun movie, and it's a rare, especially at that time period, um, supporting role for Tom Hanks. One, he barely has any, you know, except maybe in his early days. But most of the time, he's the lead. He's definitely the supporting, you know. Yeah, lead as a star. It's good though. What's your number one? I'm gonna save Private Ryan. I, I Saving Private Ryan started as my number one and slowly got bumped until it was an honorable mention. And I should really? be. Yeah. It's such it's a, a great movie. Just kept, you kept weighing the options. And, and, and It's a great movie, but I'm honestly putting it on pit. watchability. It what, I, what I watch the most, what I'm most willing to just flick on without putting too much thought. Every, so I do like Saving Private Ryan, but if I'm going to watch that, I'm going to watch that. You know what I mean? I'm not just going to put it on. Every movie I put in my list, I've rewatched a million times. And all my, uh, all my honorable mentions are... Saving Private Ryan is my number one honorable SPR mention. SPR is my my top is my number one, same as Jordan. Uh, I think people are going to get mad for us leaving Forrest Gump off. We all thought about uh, it. I mean, Toy Story. What are we doing here? It's a great movie, but hey, this is our watchability. A League of Their Own almost made it on mine. That's like yeah. right under Saving Private Ryan. I was so close to League of Their Own, but I just like those other movies better. So in my head, I like right away, I had a list, right? Mm-hmm. Forrest Gump, I didn't know I made if the mistake you would or of, not. I made the mistake of looking up his IMDb, and I'm like, wait, he's got like 12 of these fuckers. Like, Road to Perdition is one that I did not get near the top of my list, but I do want to talk about it. because it's My is, first honorable mention. That a, is an underrated movie. Not haunting, haunting piano score. music. Yeah. Haunting score. You know, great, great rain scene. Great father-son movie. I bet I put Road to Perdition on probably six of the Mount Rushmore's I made up for Road to Perdition. It definitely made up rain top scene. of your rain scenes. Underrated gangster movies. I probably put it under, and what did we do? Good. We didn't do Goodfellas, but we did uh, Untouchables. Mm-hmm. Just great mobster movie, not yeah. gangster mobster. You know what I mean? Uh, here's Tom a good honorable mention. It's, I mean, maybe one of the best uh, musical endeavors he's been a part of. Kind of his annual perennial thing that happens. It's David fucking Pumpkins. Oh, right. <laughs> just David Pumpkins. Yeah. I, I mean, David Pumpkins that. and SNL could just be like and the whole like, it's, it's its own thing. It's its, its own thing. Uh, it's something I watched a lot as a kid. I'm glad nobody put Sleepless in Seattle on there. It is not like you got mail. It is a, a, a snooze fest. I did a not. Snooze it is a snooze fest. Sorry, that's just how I feel. Um, Splash, I used to watch a lot as a kid. I'm not sure if I haven't seen it in years, so I'm not sure how much it holds. Splash out. was in our family's rotation. It was just it was a Wait, recorded was, movie on VHS. Who's you got mail? Uh, Meg, Meg Ryan. Ryan. Yeah, and Sleepless in Seattle's Meg Ryan. No. Yep. Night and day to me. Night and seems day. like the same movie. Yeah, until you watch no, them both. <laughs> it's like Pretty in Pink and Sixteen Candles. They're different. It's very similar, but when you watch them, one's clear it's like cut. Dirty better. Dancing and Magic Mike got it. Yeah. So obviously, yeah, Toy Story from our childhood is obviously just one to mention. 
Philadelphia. I mean, Oscar nom. So I mean, that's nobody a, put um, Castaway as an honorable mention. Even great it's movie, movie, but it's a tough watch. It's man. also it's, it's long. It's long. long it's fine to come in at any point when it's in, on TV. Not even but, long. It's just like sad. <laughs> it like, is sad. Again, Tom Hanks, America's Sweetheart. I'm sure there's a million films that we missed that you wish we would have said. But again, this is just our rewatchable Tom Hanks. If there's anything we missed in any of the categories, make sure you write in on our social media posters. You can find us at Cold Classics Pod. If you have a movie request, you can write us at Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, as always, if you like what you heard, please make sure to rate and review uh, and share with any of your friends if they want to join our little movie club. Till then, we'll check you in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Bye.